Money Pit is presented by Iris Smart Home, Lowe's, Home Advisor, and The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your home improvement projects. If you're putting away the red, white, and blue decorations from last weekend's Independence Day celebration, maybe you want to pick up some red, white, or blue paint and make it a bit more permanent. We can help you with that. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIP. Speaking of colors, coming up this hour, we all want a green lawn, but we want to do that without wasting water. So we're going to have some tips to help you cut water costs without losing that luscious lawn in the process. Plus, home security systems, they've always been a kind of leave-it-to-the-pros project, but DIY home security has never been easier or more effective, especially now that home monitoring is available for systems that you install yourself. We're going to have details in just a bit. And speaking of home security, do you know the top three signs a burglar looks for to know you're not home? Well, Somebody does, because there was an interesting survey of 86 burglars, and that's one of the questions they asked. (laughs) How do you think they found the burglars to do this survey? Hey, I'm looking for a burglar. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were all convicted burglars, so... (laughs) But it was interesting because some of them had, you know, been in the business for 20 years and uh, they were very forthright with their advice to help keep your home safe. So we'll share that in just a bit. But first, let's get to your calls. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Cindy in North Carolina is on the line is having some issues with an epoxy floor coating. What happened, Cindy? My husband and I have a townhome that was owned by uh, several other people. Uh, from what I understand, the previous owners used to fix cars in the garage. So uh, it's a two-car garage. There are no cracks in the floors, but it does have a very gritty surface to it, and it it looks horrible. Um, I don't really know what I can do. I mean, at first I thought, well, maybe I can just, if, if is there some kind of paint I can paint over it, or maybe, or is it something where I have to do an, another epoxy on top of epoxy? Is it something... A typical homeowner can challenge, you know, can 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 work on. Mm-hmm. So, Cindy, the floor that's there now is it well adhered to the concrete? Is it peeling off in any way, or does it look like it's pretty down there and pretty durable? It looks like it's on there pretty good. Okay, so what I think you should do is clean it and then put another coat of epoxy on top of that, one or two coats over that. And I think that can brighten up. And there's so many choices and colors today. And you got manufacturers like QuickCrete that make good products that can go there. Uh, there's there are different types of uh, texturing material you can add or color flakes you can add to give it some personality. But trying to take that off wouldn't make any sense. I don't think it's really buying anything, even though it's got a texture to it. I would paint over it after it was cleaned and properly prepped. Can I ask how hard it is to handle the epoxy paint? It's not difficult. I mean, the way it works is it's it's um, chemical cured. So when you buy epoxy paint, you actually get two cans. So okay. you'll get one that's like a gallon can, but when you open it up, it's only going to be filled three quarters of the way. And then you'll get a second can that's a quart can, and that's the hardener. So the first thing you do when you open up the gallon can, the quart can, is you mix them together. And that becomes the paint that you're working with. Now, remember, though, once you start mixing them, the clock starts ticking. And you're only going to have, uh, you know, probably, I guess, maybe two, three hours to, to use up. But it won't take that long because you're going to be applying it with a, with a, with a brush first on the, on, you know, on the uh, outside perimeter and then a roller. And then you kind of work your way out of the garage. And, and as you apply it wet, then you usually they'll give you these color flakes that you kind of shake over 
over it to right. give it that personality and they stick in there and you just keep moving. And, uh, you know, I would do like a four foot strip, a uh, wide strip all the way down. Then I would put my color flakes in. Then I would do another four foot and another four foot. And pretty soon you'll be right out the door. It's really not that hard to do. Uh, the, you know, the key is just to be organized and, and to prep it properly so that once you actually mix up the paint, you're good to go. And then don't paint yourself in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> Would I need more than one can for a two-car garage, as far as you know? I would check the coverage on the can to see how many square feet that it covers. Yeah, a gallon usually does 400 square feet. So so realistically, it's something I can do in a day, in a, that couple of hours? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, well, that sounds great. That, uh, I really was afraid it was going to be a lot harder than that. Dive in, Debbie. The water's fine. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Bye-bye. I mean, this takes one project to kind of get your confidence up, and, and away you go. You can give us a call now at the Money Pit's listener line at 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. You can get matched with background-checked home service pros in your area and compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments all online for free. Yep, no matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire a pro you can trust. So give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT for the answer to your home improvement question. Up next, do you want a green lawn without wasting a whole bunch of water? We've got tips on cutting lawn watering down to size for a lush lawn that's easy on the environment and your wallet next. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by QuickCrete. QuickCrete fast-setting concrete sets posts without mixing. Now available for a limited time in a bonus bag with 20% more. Look for it in the red bag. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT for the answer to your home improvement question, which is presented by HomeAdvisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. 
So, Leslie, um, I was doing a bit of gutter cleaning this past week. Okay. And I was thinking about a story that 60 Minutes ran just a couple of months back that really was pretty interesting. And it was about homes in the areas where there's a lot of wildfires and how you can protect those homes from wildfires. And guess what one of the solutions was? Clean your gutters. Keeping it wet constantly. <laughs> well, no, actually, here's the thing. They actually proved that if you can maintain a 100-foot barrier around your house of non-flammable material. So, for example, what was burning was pine needles that are landing on the roof and in the gutters. Uh, firewood okay. stacked against the house, wood decks, uh, wood mulch, things like that. If you can basically design that perimeter around your house, because what's actually catching fire when the big firestorm is blowing all of the, the red-hot embers everywhere... They actually showed in video in a test environment that that was what was catching on fire. So it was like the kindling for the house. So when the pine needles lit up, then the roof lit up after that, or when the firewood along the side lit up, and so on. So they proved that if you can change those perimeter areas of your house and cut down on the things that are flammable, you have a much better chance of surviving the fire. And then they went into communities where people had actually done this. And sometimes when you see these communities that are badly damaged, you think it's just kind of a random act of nature in terms of which houses are standing and which ones didn't make it. Not this time. They showed that the houses that, that made those improvements were actually standing, and many that didn't were gone. So really interesting tip and another reason to make sure you maintain uh, the perimeter of your house in a way that there's nothing there that could be kindling that could catch fire. And I think that's good advice no matter where you live, whether you're in one of these uh, western areas where you have a lot of wildfires or whether you're in the east or the south of the country. Why put that kind of kindling against your house, right? That, I mean, that really makes a lot of sense. And hey, if you got a great home improvement question or a story like that to share with us, give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Larry in Texas is on the line looking for some help with a new roof. What's going on? Well, we have a 15-year-old uh, roof. We put uh, 30-year timberline shingles on originally about 15 years ago. We had a hailstorm. I had the insurance adjuster come out and take a look at it, and he said, yes, you need to replace it. Um, he says we've got about 35 squares to tear off and 39 to replace. Okay. He uh, uh, estimated 15-pound felt for most of it, but 30-pound felt for our 12-12 pitch. Um, he suggested uh, roofer company A uh, that suggested uh, shingle brand one, and okay. I have worked with a roofer B who said, no, we probably ought to go with Shingle Brand 2. Are they both name brand shingles? Uh, yes, I can name them if you want. Yeah, are they dimensional shingles? So do they look like the Timberline that you mentioned that you had before? Uh, yes, they, they will be very similar to the Timberline dimensional. Yeah. And um, do they both have the same warranty? I think they both carry 30-year, although one I have not seen written copy from either one. And and uh, one of them indicated that after 10 years, uh, the warranty may taper off. All these roofers, all these contractors, they've all got their sort of attitudes and practices, and they <laughs> like one over the other. But let me tell you something. The, the differentiator on a roofing installation is not as much the shingle as it is the guy doing the shingles, the shingler, so to speak, because it all comes down to workmanship. And if the workmanship is not rock solid, it doesn't matter how good that shingle is. You're still going to have problems. And so okay. I would make my decision based on which roofer I was most confident in could do a good job. And whatever product he's comfortable working with, then I would just accept that product and not try to force him to use uh, another one. 
But the devil is in the details. You know, it's about the flashing, for example, and the underlayments and the ice and water shield and things like that. Uh, if you get a roofer that does a really good job with those details, then you're not going to have any issues. The adjuster missed one skylight in his estimate. He also missed one roof jack. And he said, oh, well, we can pick that up when the roofer does his job. Is that common industry practice? I don't know what he means when he says he can pick that up. If he missed it in his estimate, then I think you need to ask him to go back and revise the estimate to add the elements in that he missed. Because while you got this guy's attention and while he's in the, into the job and, and you guys are talking on a regular basis, I would just I would ask him to revise it. It should be no big deal for that to happen. We don't want this to go to uh, installation and then then there's a pavement dispute, you know, three months from now or something, and, and nobody remembers what was said to who and when. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to get it in writing. You're right. If you mix the count up, if you, you know, if you add six skylights and he wrote down five, and you make him change it. That's not okay, a big deal. Well, you can do it I now. did a lot of quoting when I was still in the working world, and, yeah, uh, counts are important. Yep. That's uh, his job. One, one quick note. Uh, my wife wanted a fishing tank out in front of the house and had one contractor dig that one, and it didn't hold water. Had another contractor say, I can do that. So I have called it my money pit with (laughs) apologies to your program. Well, that's okay. We will lend it to you for that purpose. You say a fishing tank. Is that like a a goldfish pond, like that kind of thing? Uh, No, it was about a three-quarter acre pond. Oh, my goodness. Wow. But here in Texas, they're called tanks. Okay. Well, all right. Is there anything living in that uh, in that fish tank right now? Uh, no, it's not holding water. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to put more money into it and fill it back in. Oh boy! All right. Well, listen. Whatever it takes to make your wife happy, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us, Larry, at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, if you love a thick green lawn but would like to get that without wasting a ton of water, when, where, and how much water you use on your lawn can really mean the difference between a lush lawn or perhaps an empty wallet. Yeah, but cutting water costs without giving up the green lawns we love is pretty easy with a few simple steps. First of all, you want to water your lawn early in the day. That really prevents evaporation. If you water at night and leave the lawn wet, your grass could develop a fungus disease. I mean, think about it. It sits there wet all night. It doesn't really have a chance to dry out ever. So it's just going to develop all sorts of illnesses. And then you're dealing with another problem to solve with your lawn. Also, you want to make sure that you adjust your sprinklers to avoid wasting water by having it directed away from your driveway and your sidewalks. Makes sense. But I see so many people just watering concrete, which isn't going to turn green ever. Well, it might mold, but that's not the kind of green you're looking for. Yeah. The only thing that grows when you water your sidewalks is pretty much your water bill. So you want to be careful with that. Seriously. Also make sure you use timers on your sprinklers to limit the water usage to only what's needed. I mean, we're talking really two or three times a week. It's much better than daily, which can actually sort of overwater your grass. And a good rule of thumb is to make sure your lawn receives about one inch of water a week. And you can also accomplish that with smart timers. You know, today, the smart valves are so smart, they can actually adjust the watering based on the rainfall. So pick one up and give it a shot. Your lawn will still be green and healthy, but you will save a lot of water and a lot of expense. Heading to Nebraska now, where Ellie's on the line with a window question. What can we do for you today? I'm replacing a window in the lower level of our home, and I was wondering if you had an opinion as to what would be the best material for the window. Vinyl, wood, composite. What kind of a window do you have there now? Is it a standard sort of double-hung window? Um, no, it's actually five windows in one. It's nine foot by oh, three foot. Oh, that's a big foot. job, yeah. 
My first point would be that you need to make sure you're buying an energy-efficient window because with a space that big, you want to make sure that you're using um, well-insulated glass. So I would only buy one that was ENERGY STAR rated. And you want to make sure that the glass is going to have a low emissivity coating or low E coating because what that does is that reflects the sunlight back out so it doesn't overheat your house. Otherwise, you're going to heat that space up like a big old greenhouse with a nine-foot window. in terms of the material itself, I think outside the house, you want something that's very, very weatherproof, like vinyl. And inside the house, depending on the window you buy, it can be wood or it could be vinyl. So if you look at a window like an Anderson window, they have beautiful windows that are wood on the inside uh, and vinyl on the outside kind of gives you the best of both worlds. But again, there are many different types of manufacturers out there. The most important thing is not as much the material, but the certification to make sure that it's an efficient window that's going to perform well for you and last a long, long time. We will look for those energy ratings then. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Alex in West Virginia is on the line with a question about grading. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. I bought my house last year. It's a 1926 American Four Square home. The lot that the home was built on is 140 feet deep by like 30 feet wide. Um, but the problem is the drop from the very back of the lot to the very front of the lot is pretty significant. It's about 10 feet. So the house is on a hill, um, and I'm wondering what I can do to level out the front yard so it's easier to mow and so it looks nicer if I could build some sort of retaining wall. And then I want to do something in the backyard the same way because playing on it for a dog and a kid is kind of hard. I was wondering what you thought about maybe trying to level all that out somehow. Well, right now it sounds like the house is kind of cut into the hillside. Is it So it slopes down towards the street in the front, or it slopes, slopes away from the house? That's correct. It slopes down. Uh, if you stand in the very front of the yard, you can't. you're not even above the line in the back. So, I mean, a retaining wall is the best way to achieve that, but of course, building a retaining wall, especially if you're talking about several feet like that, is is no small task. I mean, it's a pretty big project, and it's got to be done well because if it's not engineered properly, it's it's going to fail. Fortunately, today there are a lot of good masonry products, precast masonry products that work extremely well for retaining walls. It used to be that your best option was, you know, something that looked like railroad ties that were stacked up, and you had these these railroad ties that would go back into the hillside. They were they were called dead men because they would just lay there and hold the wall in. <laughs> But eventually, it was, that's what it was called. It was called the dead man. Uh, and you know, it was the piece that was perpendicular to the wall and was basically covered with soil because that would be sort of the tie that would hold it in place. But today, you could use uh, precast retaining wall blocks. They're made by a number of great manufacturers. And you can stack those up once you prepare the base properly and then just sort of backfill as you go. And remember to provide for proper drainage because that really is the key. Whatever you do, you want to make sure that you're handling the water that's running down that hillside properly. And if you aren't built, to, if you are built into a slope like that, it's really more important than ever to have what's called a swale, where the water uh, sort of divides before it gets to the back of your house and then goes around the left and the right sides and then runs down, you know, to the street. But certainly that's an option. But it's a big project, and it's one that I would recommend you get professional help with because of the size and the scope of it. Well worth having a landscape architect or designer kind of spec that out for you because if you're going to do it yourself, you'll know exactly what you have to do. And if you're not going to do it yourself, you can use that spec to get bids from qualified contractors, and you'll know that they're all going to be sort of bidding apples to apples. The problem is if you just call a contractor and say, build me a retaining wall, everyone's going to build it slightly differently, and it's going to be hard for you to figure out what's the best choice because the guy that's the cheapest may not be doing the best job or using the best materials. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's the way I'd approach it. Oh, I appreciate your uh, your answer. I listen to your podcast every week. Well, thank you so much for, for doing that, and uh, we're so glad you called. 
right, thank you. Hey, you guys, you know, DIY home security has never been easier or more effective now that home monitoring is available for systems that you install yourself. We're going to have those details just ahead. Hi, this is Mary Lou Henner from The Mary Lou Henner Show, and I'm obsessed with these guys. You're listening to The Money Pit. My buddies Tom Kreitler and Leslie Segretti. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Iris, a do-it-yourself smart home security system from Lowe's that connects an entire range of compatible smart devices in your home through a single app. With Iris, you can enjoy all the benefits of professional home monitoring for the market-leading price of $14.95 per month. Check it out at your local Lowe's or at Lowe's.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, as smart home products keep getting smarter, it's become entirely doable to install a home security system that's just as capable of keeping crime away from your home as anything that you would find professionally installed, but at a much higher price. But one thing that's not been very available is a service that monitors those DIY systems. Well, Iris is now changing that landscape with the launch of a new professional monitoring service, which gives homeowners the ability to have first responders dispatched to their homes in the event of a security, smoke, carbon monoxide, or even panic alarm from their smart home system. With us to talk about that is Mick Coster. Mick is the vice president and general manager of Iris Home Systems. Welcome, Mick. 
Hey, thanks for having me. So, Mick, I got to tell you, I get this sort of local crime alert from the police department. And just yesterday, there was an attempted burglary, probably within three or four hundred yards of our home. And we're in an area where typically, fortunately, we don't get that much of it. But you know what stopped the burglar? A security system, <laughs> a monitored security system that tripped him up and they ultimately ended up catching the guy. So this is really important. I think that's why law enforcement agencies are constantly recommending that you use a security system and one that's monitored. This aligns really well with our purpose of trying to help customers love where they live and feel more safe and secure in their homes. Um, so it just, when we thought about trying to bring this service to market, uh, it just made a lot of sense for us. We're always trying to think of how do we help our customers? How do we um, make them feel more safe and secure. And so adding this kind of feature set uh, to our existing uh, DIY system just made a lot of great sense. And then how do we make it as affordable and um, accessible to to as many customers as we can was the other big goal. So glad to hear that uh, uh, your neighborhood's safer as a result. This is kind of a game changer because the DIY smart home-based security systems have been out for quite a while. But folks really do appreciate the monitoring aspect of that. And that's been the differentiator between those systems and the much more expensive professionally installed systems. How is it that we're at a point now where we can uh, employ monitoring services uh, to take our technology, our self-installed DIY technology from Iris, uh, and use that in much the same way? So it's one of the goals that we've heard from our customers for a long time is, hey, we love the concept of self-monitoring security, but, you know, the, the, the industry has really just built that um, mindset around having the ability to have police response or fire dispatched. And, you know, we worked pretty hard over the last uh, uh, several months to, to really try to make this connection into these professional monitoring services um, and jump through a whole bunch of hoops with respect to licensing and everything else uh, to make sure we could bring it available to our customers at a very affordable price point. So we've, we've really tried to uh, make sure we can stay true to the value proposition of what we're trying to do with Iris, make it a mass market uh, affordable opportunity for the everyday customer that's walking into a Lowe's today. Now, Mick, I think it's interesting. You know, when we think about home security, there's so many layers to it. But when we talk about what you all have been doing in sort of this smart space, I mean, there really is a deep history here of exactly what you guys offer. Can you tell us a little bit about what these smart devices are? We've been doing uh, smart home now for almost five years. And what we've really tried to do is bring together and marry, um, you know, the, the concepts of security with a smart home. And there's not too many systems out there that are really doing that today. So we can obviously do things like monitor your doors and your windows through contact sensors or motion sensors. We have glass break sensors. We have a keypad, um, you know, kind of all the things you would expect from a, from a normal uh, security system. But then we marry that together with all the smart home functionality. So you're able to control your lights, um, thermostats, um, uh, garage doors as well, uh, water leak detectors, smoke and CO. And we even go a little bit further in, even into uh, some things like, you know, water softeners and hot water heaters. So we're really trying to bring two of these ecosystems together for a consumer to really just make it simple and easy to say, hey, I don't have to make a decision on do I want to have a security system or do I want a smart home? I can now have it all together with that 24 by 7 monitoring. Yeah, and it's nice that you can basically customize your entire experience, whether it's a thermostat or whether it's lighting or whether it's your water heater. You can choose the smart home devices that you choose to deploy in your house. And with security, you can do exactly the same thing, whether you want cameras or, or sensors uh, or you know, water detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. You can pick and choose your perfect complement of devices. Is there a central sort of a piece of this, a central module that is part of just the security system, Mick, that would bring all of the security aspects together? 
Sure, yeah. For, for most of our uh, uh, devices, they all work primarily through what's called the Iris Hub. Um, okay. And that's kind of the core device. It's the heart of the system. It, it really what's kind of enables all those devices to talk to each other and work with the app on the phone that you're going to see or, or on your computer. So uh, that's kind of a core device. And then once you get that going, you're, you're kind of up and ready to go. And so all those things just simply uh, pair up with that hub, and then you're ready to rock and roll. And, you know, as you said, it's really easy for our customer base. They can just come on down to a Lowe's and, and add to it and customize it, you know, at their own pace. You know, you don't have to call another installer uh, to have them come out to add those different types of uh, devices. It's kind of at your own beck and call, and you can customize it as you'd like. And we also now work with uh, both uh, Google uh, Home and with Amazon Alexa, so you even have the voice control features on top of that as well. You couldn't make it more convenient. Now, when it comes to this sort of monitoring package, is it a one-size-fits-all type of thing, or can you kind of pick and choose what's being monitored and, and how much that might cost for you? We try to make it easy for the customer, so we do kind of include all of those monitoring services together. And really, we do that at a, what we believe is the market-leading price of fourteen ninety-five a month. So under $15 a month uh, for 24 by 7 professional monitoring. Um, you know, if you compare that to what the traditional security companies cost and even, you know, companies that offer security and smart home, you're looking $40, $50, $60 a month, you know, long-term contracts. We enable you to basically cancel at any time. So, you know, it's month to month, but, you know, you can sign up for monitoring for for two days for a weekend away or for a trip away. That's fine with us. You know, we we try to make it simple and easy for the consumer to be able to, uh, you know, to leverage whatever they want to leverage, what their needs are, how they want those served. So, you know, we're trying to be a little disruptive in the space. We're trying to be, make it easy for consumers. What we hear is, you know, hey, I may want it just for a certain amount of time and be able able to go back to self-monitoring outside of that, but we just tried to really make it affordable. That was the big thing. You flushed out your app further, too. You got some new features called Alarm Tracker and History Visualization. What do those bring to the table? So the Alarm Tracker concept is if, uh, you know, if you've ordered a pizza in recent times, right, you may have seen that there's the, these, these now pizza trackers to kind of, uh, you know, follow your way around in terms of what's happening with uh, your order. Well, we kind of took that concept and thought, well, how does that apply for security? And, and when you're in a very stressful uh, situation, you kind of want to know where you're at in the process. And so we created this Alarm Tracker concept, uh, which is very similar, just so that you know exactly where you're at, you know, whether alarm's been triggered, um, whether your grace period expired, whether monitoring station's been alerted, or the police have been notified and they're on their way. Uh, you know, so you can have that incremental peace of mind to feel good about what's happening in your home and where you are in the process. Because maybe your phone's, you know, not next to you at the same time. You, you want to make sure that if you pick up that phone, you can get really quickly to what's happening and what stage of that process you're in just to kind of de-stress what is normally a very stressful situation when it comes to alarms in your home. It's really uh, real-time, 24-7 monitoring, no matter where you are in the world. Great concept, great product. It's called Iris, and the website is myirissecurity.com. Check it out today, and I'll tell you what, in just uh, a few hours, you could have your home completely covered by a burglar alarm and be protected through the Iris Professional Monitoring System. Mick Coster, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Mick, this is really super helpful, and it's going to save people a ton of money in the expenses of home security, but really keep everybody safe with a customized plan, so thanks. And speaking of home security, do you know the top three signs a burglar looks for to know that you're not home? We're going to hear what some actual burglars have to say about that after this. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. You live in a body pit. Body pit. 
The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone. Building a fire pit, patio, planter, walkway, or even a grill surround is quick and easy with Rumblestone from Pavestone. Look for Rumblestone at the Home Depot and visit pavestone.com for project ideas and how-to instructions. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. You can find trusted home service pros, compare prices, and book appointments online all for free. Hey, did you know that spending just about a dollar a month can save you a $1,500 or more home repair bill? We're talking about the filters that protect your air conditioning systems. You know, you need to change those to make sure that the coils don't get clogged and to allow those machines to work efficiently. So pick yourself up, set a good quality filters, change them on a regular basis, and you will keep cool and you'll avoid a potential major home repair. Well, there's a lot of advice out there on how to keep your house safe from burglars, but there really was an interesting survey done by the investigative team at KGW News in Oregon. They asked 86 inmates to respond anonymously to 17 questions detailing how they broke in, when the crime occurred, and what they were looking for. We'll share the highlights in today's home security tip presented by Iris Smart Home Security. Yeah, the KGW story is actually super interesting, but in total there were really four things that these burglars look for when deciding whether to go forward with a break-in. First of all, they don't want to be seen, right? So they always look for homes with big fences and overgrown trees or bushes that were easy for them to hide behind. Secondly, they did not want to see a car in the driveway. Almost all of the burglars interviewed said they'd think twice if there was a car in the driveway. Sound also freaks them out. So if there was a TV or a radio blaring, burglars say they would rarely break in. And finally, security systems, real security systems, not just the sticker, because the burglars definitely think twice about breaking the homes with one that is a security system, and especially homes with cameras, which are so inexpensive and easy to, to do today. So that there you have, kind of right from the horse's mouth, four things that will keep uh, those burglars away from your house. All right, good tips. And that is today's home security tip presented by Iris Smart Home Security, a DIY system that connects an entire range of compatible smart devices in your home through one single app. It lets homeowners create a do-it-yourself tailored system that's not only convenient, but effective with 24-7 monitored protection for as little as $15 a month. Yep, the service gives homeowners the ability to have emergency responders dispatched to their homes in the event of a security, smoke, carbon monoxide, or even a panic alarm with no long-term contract required. You'll find Iris at Lowe's, Lowe's.com, and Amazon, and the Iris Smart Hub retails for just $69.99, and the Security Starter Pack is just $99.99. Kevin in Rhode Island has a question about keeping a basement dry. What can we do for you? I removed a downspout extension that took the water away maybe three feet from the foundation. Okay. And I replaced it because someone said it didn't look good. I replaced it with with a cement kind of water carrier wave, which is two feet. And uh, I noticed I have some water in the basement. So it's very damp. It's damp is what it is. Yeah. So I put a little crushed rock at the end of the extension, hoping that that would maybe... Uh, help out on the water, dispersing down or something. Yeah, that's not going to do anything except prevent erosion. If you want to make your basement drier, you got to move the moisture away from it. You are, you are on the right track with the downspout extension. Now, if you don't want to see that, you might want to explore the possibility of running your leader into a solid PVC pipe and running that underground, but it has to be pitched and then discharged somewhere. So it depends on kind of the shape of your property as to whether or not you could make that happen. 
But uh, I would rather see those downspouts extended away from the foundation wall than deal with the water that can accumulate in the basement as a result. Good idea. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Still ahead, can flickering lights be a sign of a dangerous electrical system? The answer is, it depends. We're going to tell you how you can stay safe after this. The Money Pit is presented by Iris, a do-it-yourself smart home security system from Lowe's that connects an entire range of compatible smart devices in your home through a single app. With Iris, you can enjoy all the benefits of professional home monitoring for the market-leading price of $14.95 per month. Check it out at your local Lowe's or at Lowe's.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT, which is presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find a home service pro you can trust. You can read reviews, compare prices, and book appointments online at homeadvisor.com. All right, guys, let's talk about some cleaning projects. I know we're spending more time out of doors these summer months, but getting all yucky and sweaty means you're spending more time in the bathroom, and then you got to clean it. So have you ever tried to clean your tub or shower only to find out that the more you clean, the duller it looks? Well, the problem might be that your shower is fiberglass and you are literally rubbing the shine away. Yeah, fiberglass showers are finished with a layer of gel coat, which is very easily damaged by abrasive cleansers, which, of course, is exactly what so many folks use in the bathroom. So you want to choose your shower cleaning products carefully if you want to keep that shiny luster and prevent water spotting. Another thing you could try is waxing the shower walls once a month with liquid auto wax. Just don't wax the floor oh, of the shower. Don't wax the floor. Because we do not want you to get slippery and fall and, and all of that. So hope that helps you out as you're trying to find new and easier ways to keep your bathroom tidy. And we can also give you some help with your projects if you go to the Money Pits community section at moneypit.com and post your question right there. That's what Kevin did. All right. Kevin writes, my home was built in 1969 and the upstairs lights sometimes flicker when I first turn them on. It stops after a few seconds, but I'm concerned. Should I be? Yeah, I think you definitely should be concerned, Kevin. And for a couple of reasons. First of all, even if I didn't know when your house was built, anytime you have flickering lights like that as a result of turning the switch on or off, it means that there's a loose electrical connection or a breakdown somewhere. It could be in the switch or it could be near the fixture. But if it's flickering like that, I mean, it possibly is the bulb, but it's definitely of concern. You want to make sure you don't have any issues there. And the reason I say that that would apply even if I don't know your age, because in this case, I happen to know the house age of 1969. And I spent 20 years as a professional home inspector. And some things I have an encyclopedia mind about, and it's usually not what I ate for lunch yesterday. But I can tell you that between 65 and 72... There were millions of homes in the country that were wired with aluminum branch circuit wiring. We're talking about the thinner wires than the the number 10, number 12, number 14 gauge wires that were used for branch circuits. And the problem with aluminum wiring is it overheats and can cause fires. So I would want to know also whether or not your house has aluminum branch circuit wiring. We're not talking about the really big wires for like air conditioning compressors and 
uh, maybe electric dryers and things like that, or electric ranges. We're talking about the uh, the smaller branch circuits that go to your outlets and your lights. If they're aluminum, then unfortunately that wiring has to be replaced. There are a couple of modifications out there, but was me, I'd probably rather just replace the whole thing. All right, next up, we've got a question here from Kate who writes, my refrigerator isn't working well, and I'm wondering if I should call in a repairman to have the refrigerator repaired or just start over with a new fridge. It's only a few years old, and I've been happy up till now, but it's also out of warranty at this point. Well, deciding whether to repair or replace an old refrigerator, Kate, really requires that you consider several things like the age of the refrigerator, the cost of the repair, and the chance that it'll break down again. And with the refrigerator only being a few years old, I think it's still fairly new, so probably worth repairing. Now, if you told me if it was 10 or 12 years old, I would be much less likely to recommend that you spend any money on that. So think about that when it comes to making that repair versus replace decision. How old it is, how long is it expected to last, and then kind of do the math and make your decision. So, Tom, I recently had something funny happen with my fridge. The front of one of the veggie drawers kept breaking off, and every time I tried to repair it, it would just pop right back off. So I permanently removed the front and laid all my wine bottles sideways, and now it's kind of like... You know, a makeshift wine fridge. <laughs> and it looks like it was always supposed to be that way. And your friends uh, go, hey, duh. where do I buy a wine fridge like yours? <laughs> oh, you know, it's custom. Very special. <laughs> special option. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. If you've got questions, you can reach us 24-7 at one Money Pit or post your question online to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. Com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.